Watching the football gales absolutely dominate for the second straight season, it got me thinking about the incredible transformation that the team has been through over the last couple of years. After six years of, well, mediocrity, they made it to the Yates Cup final last year, and this year, well, I don't have to tell you. So what is the secret of their success? Well, winning is complicated. You don't just wake up one morning and decide to become a winner. One of the winningest football coaches of all time, Nick Saban of the University of Alabama, said, Becoming a champion is not an easy process. It's done by focusing on what it takes to get there. Every choice, every decision, everything we do every day. I'm Deborah Melman Clement, and this is Cause and Effect, a Queen's Alumni Review podcast where we dive into the motivations of philanthropists and explore what they're passionate about and the impact they have on the world. So how did the Gales pull off such an amazing transformation? Well, part of the answer is that they did what Coach Saban talks about. They made those little decisions, those little commitments every single day. But you know what? There were bigger decisions and bigger commitments that had to happen first. You see, when it comes to college football, there's only so much a team and a coach can do on their own. They need support. And the Gales are lucky enough to have that support courtesy of the Red Banner Society. The Red Banner Society is one of those uniquely Queens things. It's a small group of football alumni who have made it their mission to rebuild the football program. They've given tens of millions of dollars over the last decade alone, and they help guide and advise the team. Bob McFarlane is a charter member of the Red Banner Society. His commitment to the team both in time and money, was born from his experiences as a player more than 40 years ago. It started with an affinity to giving back to Queens, uh, given that it was a transformative experience for me to uh, be part of a football team that was uh, one of the best in the country and, and also a great school. So I, to me, it was about pursuing accomplishment and being part of both great coaches and great people. And it was great to have the the student fans and everything and the tradition. So you throw all all those together and, um, you know, flash forward 30 years. And so for me, it was, you know, how do I give back to help Queens be a top tier destination and program? So Everyone from the fans to the players to the coaches to the administration and the alumni can all be proud. Bob grew up a couple of hours away from Kingston in Ottawa. So when it came time to choose a university, Queens was on his radar for a couple of reasons. I wanted to study business and I wanted to play football. And I had grown up in Ottawa. I was an all-star there. And Queens had just won the Vanya Cup National Championship. And uh, the commerce program was you know, rated at the top. So I didn't have to choose between great academics and high level of football competition. I could get both. There was a fellow at my high school, Gary Schreider, whose dad had played at Queens, was a star and played professionally for, for Ottawa in the CFL. And Gary went to Queens and came back during uh, the Christmas holidays wearing a national championships baseball cap. I thought that was pretty cool. So that's kind of sealed the deal. 
Because training camp typically starts in August, Bob and his teammates arrived on campus a month before most students do. And they went right to work. You know, it reminds me of another Nick Saban quote. There are two pains in life, the pain of discipline and the pain of disappointment. If you can handle the pain of discipline, then you'll never have to deal with the pain of disappointment. Even though he was just barely out of high school, Bob got used to the pain of discipline pretty quickly. After all, you need a little discipline in your life if you're going to make it through an entire month of three-a-day practices. I can remember never feeling so tired in my life. Not only you know, is it physically challenging, but each night on my position, defensive backs, we had assignments. So they were written assignments and you had to fill out the, the tests and it was submitted and you got marked and it was handed back the next day. And that was the playbook. So you're given a playbook to learn chapters to read and whatever. And then you had tests. So my first tests at Queens were football tests. Things got a little easier once the school year started mainly because all those classes and assignments meant there wasn't enough time to fit three practices into the day. Because then you're one practice a day, 4.30 to 6.30, as I recollect, during school days, and then weekends, you know, or uh, games with trips, uh, alternate weekends. So, uh, so it was quite the challenge. But what it does is focuses the mind, right? So be a champion. If you want to be a champion, you got to work hard. Hard work and a focused mind. If those are the qualities of a champion, Bob developed them at Queens, and they served him well, too. He went on to earn an MBA from Western and launch a career in the finance and telecom sectors, most notably as the longtime executive VP and CFO of TELUS. As Bob was busy building a successful career, he was watching the gales from afar, and he couldn't help but notice that they had fallen on hard times. After winning the 2009 Vanier Cup, the Gales and pretty much every other Canadian varsity team were regularly overshadowed by the Laval University Rouge et Or, the U Sports powerhouse that has won a ridiculous 10 Vanier Cups since 1999. Laval's success was an inspiration to Bob and some other football alumni, Stu Lang, Paul Hand, Don Bain, and a few others who got together and decided to see if they could find a way to duplicate Laval's success at Queens. We said, well, why is Laval so successful? And what will it take for Queens to be successful? You know, this isn't about participation sport. This isn't extracurricular. This is varsity athletics. And varsity athletics means competing at the highest level possible and putting our student-athletes in a position to win. Laval's secret isn't just that they hire great coaches and recruit great players. It's that they have the resources to do it. And so guess what? When you've got more money, you can pay more scholarships, you can hire more coaches, you can have better facilities, therefore you recruit better players, and it's a virtuous circle. They call themselves the Red Banner Society. Why Red Banner you know, if you think of those banners that that fly uh, showing national championships, there's a, a red, of course, Queen's colors, right, are, are gold, red, and blue. Uh, but the championship banners, you know, I think it's red was the uh, outline, if you will, of them. And uh, so it kind of was associated with this is a society to result in and lead to facilitate success for the university and its football program. And they knew exactly where to start. 
The team had a good coach in Pat Sheehan and some pretty talented players. What they didn't have was a great home field. Richardson Stadium was almost 40 years old at that point, and it was, how do I put this nicely, starting to show its age. When I heard that the Queens had used wood from the original stadium that was built in like 1920-something to help construct the stands out in the West Campus for Richardson when it was built in 1972, <laughs> I knew, you know, the time has come. We need to have, a, you know, a first-class facility. So we set out that to be our objective. And we approached the administration and said, you know, we have some expertise. We'd like to help you and we'd like to help with respect to funding and, and raising money for a new new stadium because the old one was was falling apart i think the upper deck was condemned from the fire department for safety uh, regulations it might fall down knowing that there was nowhere to go but up bob and the red banner society got busy imagining a new stadium the fun part you know is sitting down and with administration saying hey what should the new stadium look like or which features should it have you know and by the time you finish you, you oh, I've got a hundred million dollar stadium i don't think we can afford that so the then it comes the reality of uh, what can you get for what reasonable amount of funds the more reasonable version ended up costing just over 20 million dollars the university kicked in three million which meant that somehow the Red Banner Society had to find $17 million. You know, when you're starting from zero and you got to get the 20 through donated money, and if you're only looking at some football alumni, right, it's pretty hard. Still, they got it done. Nearly all of the money came from the Red Banner Society, led by former Gale star Stu Lang, who stepped up with a $10 million gift. Now, that wasn't Lang's only contribution. He also came up with the stadium's design. And the design that Stu Lang came up with, which was a ball design, where you actually walk down into the stadium and you can walk around, we got to the point where you know, for all the funds we raised, we could do three quarters of it. We could do the U, uh, but the cap of the U uh, would be open. And we thought, okay, well, one day maybe maybe we can get, get to that. Uh, but let's get the, the core stadium built now. The new Richardson Stadium hosted its first game on September 17th, 2016. The final piece of the stadium, a state-of-the-art football pavilion, is slated to open almost seven years later to the day. And like the rest of the stadium, it was made possible by the Red Banner Society. Now, when you think about their amazing achievements, it's easy to get the impression that the Red Banner Society is all about the stadium. But, you know, there's a lot more to it than that. As Bob says, football is about more than just games and buildings. It's about creating a winning culture. Great student athletes, right? Uh, great coaching, great facilities, great culture. Okay, students, the administration, the alumni, everything can impact culture. And Queens has an incredible tradition of excellence, right? Many championships, many loyalty, great crowds and stuff like that. So, so we want to build upon that. One of the ways they've been building on it is by bringing in a world-class coaching staff led by new head coach Steve Snyder. Another way they've been building is by investing in athletic financial awards scholarships to help the team recruit top players. I basically had seven full scholarships endowed through through me and a partial match by the university. Uh, now they're up to 
$4,500 a year. So I really believed in supporting athletes so that the best can afford to come and play, you know, at Queens. So now that the stadium is built, the pavilion is almost ready, the coach of the future is installed, and athletic financial awards are attracting top players to the team, what's left for the Red Banner Society to do? Probably making sure that the program is funded in a manner that it doesn't have to dwell upon annual fundraising as much uh, from the football alumni. To be on a more sustainable footing, it's great to have, you know, endowed scholarships. So you don't have to have a football dinner or, you know, just to make things uh, balance out. Actually, there's one more building that they're looking to build, a field house an indoor turf field on the stadium grounds that will enable the team to practice year-round. If you think of our Canadian climate, right, and when when are students there? Well, yeah, start of September is nice, but, you know, November on, right, it's uh, pretty, pretty cold. And so to be able to field sports, but in a covered climate-controlled uh, facility, that's what the best schools, in the, uh, you know, certainly in the States and uh, many of our competitors here in Ontario have. And I would think that's a, a, a gap in the Queen's portfolio that needs to be filled. Between the stadium and the pavilion, and one day soon, the field house, the Red Banner Society is leaving a legacy for Queen's football and beyond. It's not just, you know, for Queen's football. It's for soccer and, and uh, other uh, sports for Queen's, but it's also for the Kingston community. You know, it's a resource. And it can be for concerts, right? You know, and so so it's like, okay, if we've given you this resource, let's make sure it's managed to generate rental income and so on and so forth. And then you don't have to rely on donations as much. You could say that Bob's passion is football. But when you think about his philanthropy and how it's gone beyond the stadium to include those seven athletic financial awards, I think it's more accurate to say that his passion is education and football is just a big part of it. Being a champion to me, yes, it's about winning championships on the field, but it's much more than that. It's creating uh, champions for life. There are few things in life like a hundred person college football team where lessons of life are taught and learned and reinforced daily. When you reflect on a season like the one the Gales had, it's easy to get caught up in the winning. But, you know, when you remember what Nick Saban said, that winning is the result of a lot of little choices, and then you think about how those choices are going to impact the lives of everyone associated with the team, you know, how they're really going to be winners for life, well, then we really do have a lot to celebrate. I want to wrap this up by thanking our executive producers, Karen Bertrand and Scott Anderson. I also want to thank my advancement colleagues, Michelle Foucault, Nikki Beaulieu, Jeanette Hepburn, Alex Beshera, Callum Linden, Danielle Vandenbrink, and Wendy Treverton. And of course, I want to thank Bob McFarlane and also his fellow Red Banner Society member, Paul Hand, for so generously sharing some great stories with us. If you have a great philanthropy story that you want to share, well, we definitely want to hear from you. Reach out to your relationship manager if you have one, or look for me on the Advancement Staff Directory at queensu.ca. I'm Deborah Melman-Clement, and this was Cause and Effect. If you want more, you can subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Google, or Amazon.